still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. The semi-finalist boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I am joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Another brilliant weekend of European rugby. Well, a brilliant day of European rugby, wasn't it? Saturday. Um, pretty dire uh, displays today, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the the feast of rugby um, in the Europe in both European competitions yet again, mate. Yeah, why we don't watch pro uh, top fourteen rugby was was kind of the story of today, wasn't it? We uh, were thoroughly looking forward to these these four French sides, which had shown shown so much promise in the round of sixteen when they're playing other nationality sides, but yeah dire, dire rugby. Um, even BT Sport was struggling to, 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 to find reasons why that was entertaining. That, that was uh, a shocking 160 minutes of rugby from, from four really good teams with, with star players everywhere. It was a pretty frustrating watch. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at that Racing 92 outfit, they, they can just be a million dollars. And then you take out a couple of names, Camille Schatt, Teddy Toma, um, Chauvency, Vakatawa, um, and suddenly they just seem to, um, I think all four teams almost thought, you know, had it in their minds that they were sort of playing a top 14 game. And so they, they all had the game plan of sort of getting into this arm wrestle of huge men just running into each other, taking uh, shots at goal for three points where you just couldn't see the, the rationale for it. So yeah, not the best advert today. And, and I think particularly given the rugby that it followed, yesterday and or, 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 or yeah Saturday as, as we record on Sunday and also obviously on Friday night in the Challenge Cup as well as we'll come on to you know La Rochelle looked an absolute million dollars and beat up a massive <laughs> Sail Sharks team and and pumped them what was that 45 points to, to 21 and then Leinster putting on a fantastic performance that I know we both enjoy <laughs> and putting out the um, uh, another West Country outfit from Europe. So Bath really carrying the flag now for the West Country in Europe, but brilliant rugby and then um, massively contrasted by the, the slugfest um, and, and boarfest really that was, that was today. Yeah, I mean, I went to bed last night thinking, God, how far a Bath away from, from these top European teams? I mean, if Bath go down 14-0 away to Exeter at Sandy Park, then lose their key, if we had a key fly half, key fly half, captain, best player, there's no way we would get within a sniff of them. Less, the Leinster performance was was remarkable. It really was. Um, and yeah, yeah, great stuff. And, and particularly on Friday night, of course, the, the game that we, that we really enjoyed. And we're going to talk all about that Bath win against London Irish. Uh, we're going to look ahead to, to the, court, the semi-final draw. Bath uh, drawn at home against Montpellier. Tom, we'll get your thoughts on that. And then a brief look ahead to the, the visit of, of Leicester Tigers, the arch rivals Leicester Tigers, in what is a really important premiership game. That The rugby is coming thick and fast. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, but as you say, Tom, I think we're recording this on Sunday night. Listeners, regular listeners will be uh, shocked, I guess, to see the podcast in their feed on, on, on Monday mornings. But uh, yeah, I think us, uh, the people in England, uh, lockdown restrictions, a certain lockdown restrictions being eased tomorrow night, Tom, that I think we're going to look to make the most of. 
Yeah, I mean, we've 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 recorded a couple of podcasts, haven't we? In the in the two or three years we've been doing it, um, when we've had a, a couple of beers beforehand, and it always sounds like it's in kind of like half speed or something. So yeah, we figured that we'll, we'll give you twenty four hours earlier, twenty four hours more time to enjoy the the podcast. No excuses this week. Eight day turnarounds. Uh, with with Leicester Tigers on on Sunday, so hoping for record numbers. I reckon this way, particularly now we're on Spotify as well as all the other lo- other the other platforms. G. Yeah, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, particularly on Spotify, and make Tom very very happy, man. Uh, and of course, follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and Tom, we weren't actually able to watch this game live, both of us, for, for a variety of reasons. And on Twitter, Ben Stevens got in touch with us, replying to our tweet to say we weren't able to watch it live, saying, hate to say it, lads, but maybe try that again next week. That was a pretty complete performance. Tom, is it us that's holding Bath back so much? If we didn't watch, would we be physically dominant every week? Well, maybe. And it would also do wonders to my blood pressure as well. I mean, I, I didn't know the result watching it the, the following morning, first thing. Uh, but, but what, you know, I, I seemed kind of more calm about it than I know it had already happened and, 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 and it was already done. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the future, the recipe for success for, for Bath. But I completely agree with that comment, to be honest with you. I think, you know, part of the reason as well that I, I felt fairly relaxed watching it is because I felt that we were just the better side and I felt that we were we were calm and, and collected. When we got into the 22, we made our opportunities tell. We were very, very clinical from, from short range in particular. Um, those guys in the, in the front row carrying really, really hard. So it just felt like a, a bit of a dominant performance. We knew that we needed to get the job done to progress in, in this competition competition it wasn't flash at all but ultimately as we said it was a huge improvement on the performance against Benetton and in knockout rugby it's just all about getting the getting the job done and progressing well and a hugely different game Tom to the 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 premiership meeting between these two sides and two very similar sides put out on the day and and that was a I believe that was 36-33 full time but kind of it's littered with with defensive mistakes from both sides and and tries from from long way out from from both sides and both sides getting the ball through their hands. But we spoke about on that day that that really doesn't suit Bath and, and this Bath team and the way we want to play. We have got a really dominant physical uh, kind of forward pack and that is where we need to kind of use that to our advantage. And I think that's exactly what we did on Friday night. It was just a dominant forward win, and, and I really enjoyed it. And a big, a big part of that, G, was as we mentioned in the in the preview last week. I think was our kicking game was mm. was much improved when we we kicked and we gave away possession in the the the, the previous fixture where we lost to London Irish. We were giving the ball to you know Tom Parton, Ben Loder, uh, Hassel Collins when they were going forwards and they were really dangerous. And we highlighted those guys as as threats, but they just weren't able to have the same impact. A, because we were playing on our terms in close quarters and not in the kind of wider channels where those guys like to play. But B, I think we kicked really effectively to them. And I think at times, those, those three showed a little bit of inexperience in, in dealing with, mm. uh, with, 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 with the high ball. Um, so I think you know, that was part of the, the game plan that, that, that we executed. But as you say, the, the kind of template of the game and, and, and how, it, how it panned out, uh, favoured us much, much more than a couple of weeks ago. Mm. 
Yeah, and it, it was great. And, and I thoroughly enjoy those those sorts of wins where it is a forward dominated game. Do you do you enjoy that time? I mean, I think this is the this is the template that Stuart Hooper wants to go with, a, a dominant forward pack and, and you kind of use your backs sparingly. And I think with backs like Anthony Watson and Jonathan Joseph, are you happy with 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 being so forward orientated? I think so. I think that that's the foundation of most good sides. I mean, if you look at all the dominant sides across every league, but also in international rugby, they have always, without fail, I would I would suggest, had a very, very strong pack and set piece. They're the, that's the nuts and bolts of the game, the foundations, whichever whichever uh, sort of uh, metaphor you, you, you want to use. I think the only thing I would add is that at times having that sort of game plan can leave you a bit exposed. So I think against teams like Bristol and against Wasps, when they made us kind of run around more than we'd like, they played in the wide channels mm-hmm. um, with, in, in a less structured way than we're used to. We've been found wanting, and I think Ben Kay, I think it was on, on commentary, made quite a good point in that when, when it's a purely forward-oriented game, we, we, look brilliant, we look brilliant. And then we've also got you know, electric backs who can, can score tries from, from anywhere and can, and, you know, and, and loose forwards who can make unbelievable breaks and, and, and chip and chase and all that kind of thing. But I feel like at times we, we're not quite knitting the two of those things together. And Ben Spencer's come in and I think done a great deal in, in, in that regards to, to improve, to improve that, to improve that, but improve that by start slightly separate entities that aren't working in complete harmony and I think that's where we go from from here yeah and I think part of that on Friday night yeah, and I think was, the, was the loss of Orlando Bailey I think in the you know in the 20 minute on, on the 20th minute or something uh, I know that I had, a, I had a bit of a, a sore head on on Saturday morning after a few drinks on Friday night but I think Orlando Bailey's can have an even sore head than me I would not fancy tackling uh, the the back rower uh, the big London Irish back rower whose name eludes me Albert, Albert Tuasui yeah yeah Tuasui so him going off I think and obviously with all the difficulties we're having at fly half at the moment that obviously didn't help the the link between the backs that said I I, I thought one of the most outstanding players on the pitch was, was Cameron Redpath. I really was impressed with the way, the mature way that he stepped into that fly half shirt. You know, I think it's easy to forget this guy's 21 years old and this is his first real full season of rugby. When he, when he was at Sale, he really didn't play that much. And for a, a young guy, young inexperienced guy to look completely assured, out of position in, in a European quarterfinal, having not played any rugby for 62 days with with his neck injury. I was so, so impressed with with, with Cameron Redpath. And I just can't believe the, the rise that, that, that the guy's been on. I think it's almost taken for granted now as Bath fans that, that he's going to be outstanding and he's going to be mature. But he's so young still and so inexperienced. And to play the way he did, yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed with him. I mean, you know, he's not played any rugby, but ultimately he's been exposed to international rugby and he's being training and in and around with guys like Finn Russell, who are mm-hmm. genuinely world-class. And it seems that every challenge that is, is laid before him, he steps up to the mark. And it was incredible that he filled in. And for much of that, you know, he, he didn't really think anything of it. He did, a, he did a brilliant job and you kind of get the impression he could probably play anywhere across the, across the backfield. 
So yeah, a, a, a brilliant performance for him. And I, I did feel for Orlando Bailey because again, I felt, I felt like there were touches in that first mm. uh, part of the game of him getting the ball through his hands. And every time he does that, he'll build confidence and making, again, some really good tackles in, in the midfield, which again, will build him confidence. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm not sure he'll be thanking Josh Bayless in the, the review because as, as ever, like kind of a, 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 a kind of, I guess a happy, uh, uh, an enthusiastic puppy. Um, when 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 you come home from work, Josh Bayless flew out of the the line from from the lineup, created a dog leg. Uh, the draw and pass came, and yeah, Tuasui, who's probably 130 kilos, so probably 50 or so kilos heavier than than Bailey, really kind of really put him to bed there. So hopefully he's okay. Yeah. And fair play for having a go at the tackle and for for. Uh, for because <laughs> he won't get hit too much harder than that in in, in his whole career. So, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And you know, just, I, just before we move off, Camden, Tom, man, yeah. I think we'll talk about the the fly half situation when we look ahead to the Leicester game, certainly. But where would you rank Redpath over the ball, Jackling in the bar squad at the moment? There was two or three on Friday night where where he he just absolutely perfect position and won the turnover. Is he top five in the bar squad? Yeah, I think it's hard, isn't it? I feel like when you're out in the backs, and maybe this is maybe let's get to when you're out in the backs, you kind of get you get a few more opportunities in that you get blokes that are isolated. Um, but 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 you're right. I think you know. I remember Khan Fotoalii. He, I think, one Premiership season, he was in the top three uh, jackals. <laughs> so it, it kind of reminds me of him. He's he's small enough to get in and, and and around the breakdown and get over the ball. And then he's very very strong when he when he when he gets over the ball. So maybe I should rephrase what I just said and and, and say he could play anywhere across the back row and the backs um, as 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 well as the the, the, the backs themselves. Jay. And a sure performance from Cameron, but I'm not sure we'll be getting into the back row, Tom, the way that, that, that they played on Friday night. And in particular, Talupe Falatau and Zach Mercer. Maybe a word from you on, on one of those guys and just a mightily impressive performance from both. Yeah, they were both brilliant. And they, what you maybe miss out on in terms of jackaling and, and the breakdown when those two start together, we saw the benefits of having the, the two of them. I think the one piece of play I'll pick out is... Mm-hmm. The, prior to the first Will Stewart try, uh, Mercer picks up, goes blind, and he looked in a bee in his bonnet. He was in rampaging fashion, and he was running over the top of of everyone and, and showing his strength and speed. Went straight over the top of Paddy Jackson, gave a great offload to Falatau, who then at full pace, without breaking stride, drops the ball onto his left foot and is able to kind of get to the ball as a result of kind of not not breaking stride unbelievable seeing seeing those two in in tandem and I think you know Mercer looks like he really wants to leave the the club with some silverware and leave on a high and you know he's got the perfect opportunity to do so uh, playing you know the next game against his who will be his his future employers so he, he looks like a man possessed and I think he was he, I was really pleased that he got that try at the end because I think he deserved that and he was certainly Man of the match and um, the proud new owner of what looked like a very nice, uh, very nice watch with the the, the Tissot sponsors for the competition. So a good day for both those two, I thought. Yeah, Mercer was outstanding, wasn't he? Eighteen carries and fourteen tackles made on the night. And you're right; he, he kind of looked like a man possessed, just so determined to to to, to win a trophy before he, he obviously moves on at, at the end of the season. Let me, let me just, can I just ask you about Falatel? So. Yeah. 
I don't know whether this is just just a recent thing or it's it's me not remembering properly, but it seems like he's kicking much more. We've seen him out on the wing and he's he had chip and chase the other week, didn't he? he did it a couple of times and it, it seemed like it was a uh, you know it's a real option for him now. It's not just it doesn't look strange and um, and, and kind of cumbersome as, as it will with some forwards. Do you think? Maybe that's an area of his game that potentially he's been he's been working on, that he, and he's trying to kind of actively include more because it seems like he, he it's it's a real option for him when ball in hand now. He's ridiculous, isn't he? He's ridiculous. The, the skill level on the guy is a joke, and yeah, he has does seem to be getting in these wider channels a lot more, and obviously. That, is, that does become a viable option if the winger steps forward. Um, you can then just put him over to, to chase if, if otherwise you're going to get tackled into touch. And it just seems like there's nothing he can't do at the moment. He's playing some of the best rugby of his career, timing it perfectly to, to be the Lions' number eight, for, for sure, in my mind. So he's fantastic, Falatao. And, and having guys like him and his experience will really help in, in the game against Montpellier and then hopefully uh, a, a final of, of this competition. And... Yeah, whilst he's not around enough, Falatao, when he's been playing for Bath, I think the whole of this season, I think he's been fantastic. And it's so difficult to find, you know, a back row where where those two can get in, particularly if you want Underhill in there as well. Um, but I think if you do have someone like Bayliss or Reed, who are the two options at seven on Friday night, it balances it okay. So for the moment, it's working really well. I think it'll be a very difficult call. Uh, say we do progress further in this final, Underhill comes in this competition and Underhill comes back and it becomes a tough call to who to leave out at that back row for me. Um, but he was yeah, great. At... Go on. I going to say we should mention as well that our new... Um, our Zach Mercer's replacement Jack Kutsiers arrived in Bath hasn't he so um, he'll he'll be kind of hopefully hitting the ground ground running I'm not sure we'll see him will we see him this season? Well, he's in, registered in the European squad right <laughs> we don't want any more we don't want any more number eights uh, in, in the team we're trying to shoehorn two in already <laughs> that's true yeah well he's in the European squad as they say and he's now done his quarantine he's registered to play for us so um, yeah, I guess if there's an injury or something later in the season, he'd be able to step in. But I think it's it's good that it'll give him plenty of time to kind of settle into to the squad, learn the the ropes, and 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 then be able to be produced maybe at the end of the season or or obviously at the start of next season. Um, we spoke about I think you know returning international there, and I think another one we need to pick out. Well, another two we need to pick out, Tom, are the, are the two props. And, and I don't want to, you know, get on your corner here being the resident front row, uh, but uh, Ben Urbano and Will Stewart were just so dominant, just so dominant. And, and in the scrum, in the loose tackling, they were fantastic. They, they really look back to their best. And, uh, and I think those guys playing well and those guys... And when when they're playing with Dunn, I think not only not only do we do I kind of really appreciate them being there. I also just kind of really when they're not there, it just makes it so so vast. I think the drop off in in, in the prop position at Bath is huge. It's really huge. And I think when they're there, it makes such a difference to our mall, our scrum, and our pick and go game short to the line. Um, they were fantastic on on Friday. Yeah, they're top tier, and and when one is you know maybe not doing everything that's that's um, you know not standing out in in every possible way, as Abano has has kind of been doing over the last few weeks, then the other does. They mm-hmm. work really really well in in tandem, and I think you're right. Like they're 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 genuinely top tier mm-hmm. front rows now, and and they're going to have 
I would say, long international careers, potentially, you know, most for Will Stewart, given England kind of lighter in, in the tight head position. I think Lewis Boyce is a guy that we've missed because yeah. I would, I think he's got a lot of potential and I would put him, you know, maybe just below that. But I think he's, he's, a, he's a really impressive operator. And then I, I do think there's a, there is, there is a drop-off. Um, you know, obviously losing Christian Judge um, and rumours of, of Henry Thomas also moving to, to France next year. So um, I imagine as they hinted in the, the sort of supporters evening in that, that first occasion, that they are in the market for probably a second choice tight head to, to come into to that position. But yeah, and I, I just want to mention Will Stewart, I think, because he, he just looked so dynamic, I thought. Again, he, it's similarly, it's almost that a few of the guys have, I think, understood that we're now two games away from silverware and the first silverware in 12 years. And I, you know, they, they just seem to have a um, kind of a newfound hunger to, to, to play and, and a real intensity. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think Stuart, every time he got the ball, he was carrying with huge intent. He just looked stronger than London Irish guys. And uh, yeah, he, he nearly, didn't he, nearly got across for, for a hat-trick just before he went off. Which would have been which would have been great, but was but was but was just held up. And then the scrum again, just very very dominant, really. And 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 um, uh, as we'd expect, doing the nuts and bolts very well. So yeah, both those guys were great. I thought, and yeah, we really really do miss them when when they're not around. Mm. Yeah, I think my final thoughts on, on this game, Tom, was was I think when we did the review of the the, the defeat to London Irish in the Premiership, I think some people on socials were a little bit. I think confused by 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 us thinking we would roll London Irish over comfortably, and, and, and in fact they're actually building something quite strong. Uh, but I think on Friday we just outclassed them, we bullied them, and I think the 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 the, the fact that we're a better side, I think, uh, when we've got all of our players playing like that, I think really showed. And I think hopefully looking at the league, even though they're above us at the moment, hopefully the kind of cream will will rise to the the top, and and, and we'll be able to finish above them in the league. Nice one, yeah. Okay, moving on then. So on, well, this afternoon they did the draw, Tom, for the semi-final. Uh, Bath uh, drew Montpellier at home, who beat Benetton 31-25 on Saturday night. Uh, a Twitter poll by the account hashtag Rugby Bath that was run before the draw uh, revealed 40% of Bath fans wanted to be drawn against Montpellier. I think it was actually 49 Leicester. So uh, 11 would have been Ulster then. Tom, is that about where you sit? I think Leicester would have been the dream draw, but Montpellier isn't kind of a bad, bad second choice. Yeah, I think, I think Leicester at home would have been the, 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 the best option. Leicester away and, and, and Montpellier at home, probably kind of, kind of similar. I think there's a big difference uh, in terms of where you play Montpellier. Um, I think it's, it's always very difficult making the trip across to... To, to to play these top 14 sides in France they they tend to put on a bit of a, a better show um, at home rather than than away in 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 Europe um, and yeah I think I think going to to Ulster would have been would have been very very tough so yeah we, we were watching the, uh, the 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 draw weren't we and I think we were both pretty happy with that I think we I didn't actually see the the, the game against Benetton, but they scraped home by by six points. And I did put out a tweet just to to, to to sort of see what people's views were on that. 
and and generally it seemed that it wasn't it wasn't much of a game. The the pack's very beastly, as you'd as you'd probably expect from from a French top fourteen side. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a big challenge. But I don't think it's anything that that we won't be able to 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 deal with. And then you know Alex Ozowski playing at ten, you know slightly out of position, and ha- has he had much experience in that in that jersey for for Montpellier? Um, who knows? So I think yeah, clearly they're still a dangerous side. And you look at kind of the the prior results: beating Glasgow is uh, a decent team, and then also Toulouse and Clermont Auvergne in the prior two top fourteen sides. But as we saw today, G. I think those teams are very, very different in mm. top fourteen with second string outfits than they than they um, than they've shown uh, at times in the Champions Cup this year. So, yeah, I think I think overall, kind of pretty happy with that. And I think we we we've got a kind of as Chris Robshaw as Chris Robshaw says, I think we should we should be backing ourselves at home to to to, to do the, to do the job. <laughs> yeah. ill-fated ill-fated uh, Canterbury advert for those that haven't seen I it I thought it was Beat, uh, Beat's headphones wasn't it when he's always back on tails at home I think they actually played the advert uh, like on the full-time whistle of the the uh, Australia group stage game 2015 World Cup um, yeah don't jinx oh, it that time I think, I think Dave Flatman actually did the comms just before uh, Joe Launchbury got the man of the match wasn't it or something exactly that yeah <laughs> I think Dave, Dave Flatman was the one that did the comms I think he said that, that Montpellier aren't, aren't kind of anything to be too worried about but their, their top 14 form as you say Tom suggests otherwise and um, Benoit Palague Palague the scrum half scored 23 points. So obviously he's a, 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 a real threat um, in, in that team. And, and, and another name that Bath fans will be familiar with is Corbus Reinhardt, who of course was extremely influential in that Northampton Saints team a couple of seasons ago. He's only off the bench. So I think that does show perhaps um, the strength and depth that they've got. Um, but maybe, as you say, it's kind of a bruising pack and, and, and maybe a little bit one-dimensional. And obviously we'll preview it a lot more closely before the game. I think it's on the weekend of the 30th of April. Um, but it's, it's a huge game for the club, a huge game for the club. And we've spoken how badly we want this silverware, how badly uh, the supporters want this silverware. And I think you're right, how badly the players appear to want this silverware. So when we come to it, um, yeah, I, I'll be hugely nervous and hugely excited for, for that game. Um, looking at a little bit more closely uh, or, or kind of nearer to, to now, Tom, and, and, and the game on, on Sunday against Leicester, obviously fellow European semi-finalists having beaten Newcastle at the weekend. We find ourselves in, uh, in eighth in the table, a point behind Leicester, who are obviously in seventh. Tom, this is a, 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 another big game, I think, looking ahead to, 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 to qualification, hopefully for next season's Champions Cup, which kind of the, the, the hamster wheel rolls on. Yeah, massively. I mean, as it has been in recent seasons, the kind of mid, middle part of the, the table, and, and to be honest, right up to kind of second or third place is very, very congested. So sort of we're sort of clear, five points clear now of Wasps who are in, in, in ninth place and they've you know had a real fall uh, fall from grace haven't they but in eighth on, on 36 points as you say and then sale 10 points ahead of us on on 46 with seven seven games to go but Northampton in fifth only five points ahead of us so you know the, these games now are going to determine who finishes in the 
the the top six, and ultimately, hopefully, that won't be be an issue this year for for Bath if we if we do get the the silverware in in in, in the Challenge Cup. But um, I'm thinking very very optimistically. But you know, it would also be great to to be challenging for that that top four position. Um, and yeah, you know, I I think I think we're in a position to to do so. You know, Leicester Leicester are clearly kind of building something with 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 Steve Borthwick and. You know, it, it seems like they've finally, after you know a long, long time, managed to get some buy-in from from players and and kind of not just um, have this sort of transitory coaching and player uh, arrangements that it feels like they've had for the last last couple of seasons. So, you know, th- they look relatively dangerous. But I think, you know, if we can manage to contain George Ford, as as we weren't able to do in the the reverse Premiership fixture, I think again our pack looks a little bit too big and and gnarly for 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 Leicester Tigers albeit you know it's now scattered with with a couple of big South Africans as well yeah I'm not I I don't think this Leicester team are very good I I really don't think they're very good I I think you know looking at the 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 game on on Saturday against Newcastle two poor sides for me and I think they're just this, they're, they're, they're too pragmatic for their, for their own good. Playing Wigglesworth at, at scrum half at the age of 38 when you're rebuilding, just to kick and chase. And yeah, I really have enjoyed watching the season. I don't think they're very good. And, and I think probably their best performance of, of the season was was the, the, the defeat of Bath where, where we played really poorly, really, really poorly. I remember we were on this podcast and we were really downtrodden after that, that, that defeat because it was a game that was there for the taking. We had a really good team out. And even though we only lost by five points, we thought we, we, we could have won that quite, quite comfortably. I think at home, um, coming off a, a really important European win with eight days of rest, um, I, I really think this is a huge opportunity for, for Bath to win and then climb up above Leicester and then next week play Wasps hopefully beat them and then kind of distance ourselves from, from the lower end of the table and then, as you say, compete for those, those higher positions. Clearly, for, for, for Bath, the most important thing this week um, uh, is going to be the fly-half position because Cameron was, was great, but he, he's obviously not a fly-half and, and, and hasn't played much rugby there. And so if, if, if Bailey is still not fit and clearly Schumann's out for the season, Cipriani not arrived yet and, and Priestland, I think, is still a couple of weeks away, that is obviously a huge area. Um, but I do trust that... that uh, Cameron can step into to there and do a similar job uh, to what he did this week. And obviously, with a week's training in that position, I think he will he, he'll be a lot more comfortable in that position. And obviously, surrounding by guys like Ben Spencer, I, th- I think it, I think I think we'll be fine. And obviously, Ford's their main threat. But but I think we can we can kind of move around that. And as you say, dominate dominate them up front. Uh, and I think we'll be too strong for them. Yeah, I think as as, as we were almost saying earlier with with Bath, there seems in a lot of positions for Leicester to be a massive drop off. I mean, they're, they're they're full of young guys, but in in a couple of key positions, they are they are strong. I mean, George Ford is clearly a fantastic fly half, one of the best fly halves in in the world, in 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 my opinion. And then the drop off from him to to Zach Henry for me is massive and completely changes the challenge that they that Leicester present. Equally, I mean, you know, we watched that that Newcastle game, and the front row for for Leicester were dominant. I mean, they were they were really really destructive 
to, to that Newcastle scrum. And Ellis Genge, clearly a, a, a very, very good prop in, in uh, you know, an, an all-round player. But, but Dan Cole, even though he's <clears throat> probably passed in, in a lot of areas an international level, he's still a very, very strong scrummaging tight head. So it's going to be all important that Will Stewart and, 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 and particularly, I think, Beno Urbano are massively raring to go and, and, and firing. And, and those guys have got to be nailed on starters for me. Uh, you know, I think they, they did struggle a little bit in that game from memory. I think that was during the period where, you know, Will Stewart in particular, I thought he looked a little bit kind of a little bit tired and, and lacking lacking intensity. So it's going to be massively important for those guys I think, to to try and dominate the or at least get parity at, at scrum time because that was that was really one of one of Leicester's main weapons against Newcastle that allowed them to get over the line in that game. Yeah, I agree with that. Where where do you where do you see this game, Tom? In in in, in your kind of rivalry leaderboard I think for a lot of Bath fans this is, is, has often been the, the fixture they circle Leicester at home uh, clearly two of the or probably the two most successful sides in, in Premiership history do you still see do you still view it that way do you still circle Leicester as, as the real big game or is that now change is that now Bristol is that now Gloucester is that now you know extra Chiefs where, where is it in your mind I don't know it's difficult isn't it because I mean you only have to look five, ten years ago and um, the, there weren't all these West Country pretenders that that, that, that there are today. <laughs> um, so it was Gloucester, I guess, as a West Country derby and, and also and also Leicester being kind of, I guess, the, the old enemy, as, mm. as, as you said. And, you know, during the days growing up watching, watching, uh, watching Bath Leicester when, you know, they had Richard Cockrell, um, you know, even even kind of Martin Johnson, Ben K, it always felt like a massive challenge and and one that you really wanted to win because they they were you know one of the top sides. They've clearly dropped off in in a lot of ways over the last few years. And I always think that you know when a team doesn't pose so much for a threat and a challenge, it's almost harder to get yourself up for for mm. for a rivalry. So I think for that reason, of late, you know, I've really wanted to 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 win the the Exeter. And also the, the the Bristol game has been kind of a resident of of Bristol and see that that bandwagon roll into town um, more and more. So yeah, I uh, I still I still love to love to beat Leicester, but I, I do feel like this whole rivalry thing has been a little bit diluted due to the kind of strength of the West Country because every you know every every third game we play now is against one of our rivals. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good point. Um, but I think when Freddie Burns joins next season, then I'll find yeah. I'll find that to be a good way to get myself back up for, for wanting to beat Leicester, um, for sure. Uh, I, I think I think we will this this week, and I think we will denying them a bonus point. Bath by ten for me, Tom, on Sunday. Well, what did we go for last week? I said I'd get the prediction. Oh, did we do predictions last week? No, that was the the, the week before, wasn't it? We forgot last week. Okay, that was a pointless 10 seconds of everyone's <laughs> lives, but um, you go Bath by 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do fancy us as well. Um, I will go, I think we'll deny them. Um, I'm not sure we'll get the four tries. I think it might be quite a, um, a bit of an arm wrestling encounter, but I will go Bath by eight. So a Bath win predicted. Um, unsurprisingly here on the Bath Rugby Plug. Get in touch with your thoughts at Bath Rugby Plug on socials. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, review it. 
I still haven't read out the reviews that we've been getting. I'll hopefully do it next week. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Please do review, get in touch with us with your thoughts. Uh, and as always, stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>